It's been such a pleasure to release a weekly episode since the start of September 2020. This has been such an incredible ride, and I've been enjoying every part of it. And I'm thankful to each of you for listening, tuning into this podcast, and sharing it with others. Without you, this podcast wouldn't be what it is today. So, huge thank you. As you know, I'm dedicated to helping women awaken their warrior spirit. Now, what does it mean? This includes empowering you to step into your courage, your strengths, your unique gifts, and stripping away all the doubt, fear, and excuses, and instead arming you with the right mindset and tools to help you accomplish your dreams. This podcast is one way, but not the only way, how I live my mission. Outside of this podcast, I work with clients 101, organize masterminds to help you develop new skills and habits, break through your limiting beliefs, and to help you get on the right path to success. One of my goals for this year is to impact 500 women through my masterminds and courses. In order to provide more value and facilitate a true transformation, I've decided to temporarily scale back on this podcast and release a bi-weekly episode so that I can focus more on the coaching side of my business. I hope you'll be able to participate in my upcoming masterminds and events and be more involved in the Fearless Warrior community. In fact, I'm hosting a live virtual mastermind on January 16th on overcoming self-doubt and working with your inner critic. If you've ever let your inner voices steal your thunder, make you pull back, stay quiet when you're supposed to speak up, or make you play safe when you're supposed to take a risk, then this event is for you. This is going to be a live half-day event on January 16th between 9 to 1 p.m. Pacific time. You can sign up through the link in the show notes or on Eventbrite under Danny Temras. It's going to be an epic, intimate event, no more than 30 individuals. Um, and the best part about it, it's free. So make sure to sign up before the slots run out. I am expecting to have about 30 participants, so grab your spot. All right. Now, thank you so much for spending the time with me and have a fantastic week. Welcome to the Fearless Warrior Podcast. This is a place where truth is shared, taboos are disrupted, secrets are revealed, and power is gained. I'm your host, Danny Temras, and it is my personal mission to empower women in becoming the best version of themselves. Each week, I'm bringing you inspiring guests to help you build your confidence and mental toughness so that you can live the life of your dreams. Welcome to the next episode on the Fearless Warrior Podcast. I'm so excited to welcome you to the first episode of the new year. It's 2021, baby, and we'll make the most out of it. Every year, almost 50% of people who set New Year's resolutions set goals related to their physical health. While many start hitting the gym or the living room, one of the reasons people fail is that they completely omit the steps needed to achieve inner transformation, which needs to happen first before our physical transformation. So to set ourselves up for a strong 2021, and elevate our physical and mental well-being, I invited a very special guest who's not only a kick-ass fitness coach, 
but also a person who went through tough hardships and was able to tra- transform her body and soul inside and out. My guest for today's show is Joanne Castillo. Joanne is the owner of Infallible Fit and a 15-year Air Force veteran. Joanne's story is extremely relatable to thousands of people around the world and is especially timely at this time of year when many of us are setting New Year's resolutions. Joanne has struggled with excess weight her entire life, and as a result of that, she struggled with negative body image, self-talk, and self-hate. Not being able to achieve the results through diets, she ultimately convinced herself that her body type was hereditary and that she couldn't do anything about it. Fortunately and unfortunately, her perspective changed when she got diagnosed with pre-diabetes and high cholesterol in 2016. The event finally triggered her into action. She hired a registered dietitian and lost 50 pounds in one year. That is 50 pounds. As a result of her personal transformation, Joanne's mission is to help others the way fitness helped her. Joanne believes in supporting her clients as a whole person with all facets of their personality, getting them past their fitness excuses, one habit at a time, and places a priority on building a strong mindset with positive habits. In this episode, we talk about Joanne's story of transformation, the power of positive self-image, the link between your results and self-image, as well as the link between self-love and forgiveness, and so much more. This is such a deep, rich, inspiring, and moving episode. So buckle up and get started. We're going to have such a great ride. All right, now without further ado, here we go, my conversation with Joanne Castillo. John, thank you so much for coming onto the Fearless Warrior podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to have you. I know we're up for a great ride here. I know you have such an inspiring story. So I'd love to hear from you on one of your story to fitness. Yeah, so I'm from the Bay Area. I was born in San Jose, raised in Sunnyvale. I have five sisters and two brothers, and I'm the sixth child. Growing up, I didn't have a close relationship with my family. Me and my older siblings, we have like huge age gaps. So my like my oldest brother is 20 years older than me. So when I was born, they had their own lives. And also with my parents, they migrated from the Philippines and they were working all the time. Um, and because I didn't have that relationship with them, I looked for love and attention elsewhere and I got into the wrong crowd. I wanted to be part of something so bad. Like I tried to join a gang, I used drugs, and I did a lot of other things just to fit in. And I had friends that I say with quotations in the air who took my kindness for weakness, used me, betrayed me. But I was so desperate for that sense of belonging that I allowed people to treat me any way they wanted to. And as time went by, the lifestyle that I had and the way I was being treated became the norm for me. I developed the beliefs and values that no one loved me. I couldn't be loved. I wasn't good enough. The world was against me and I deserved to be treated the way that I was being treated. At the same time, I struggled with my weight. I was worried about my weight for as long as I could remember. I was chunky growing up and I'd hear it from my family and my relatives all the time. So I had a complex about it growing up. And then you have school, right? You have middle school, you have high school and, you know, your external image means a lot. It's very important. And if you don't fit the description, you're an outsider. So that added to the complex as well. You know, I also, I did play sports. My first love was basketball. So I'd stay in playing shape for that. 
but I didn't keep it up during the off season. And then I really let myself go when I dropped out of high school and my weight problem went into adulthood. I tried many diets that temporarily worked. I would lose weight, gain it back. Sometimes I gained back more. And it came to a point where I gave up and I convinced myself that it was just who I was and there was nothing that I can do about it. And I battled with my weight up until my transformation. So I had that negative mindset plus the weight problem and I created a negative environment for myself. And because of that, I lacked self-love, self-respect, self-confidence, and I hated everything about me. Wow. Thank you so much for opening up so vulnerably and sharing your struggles so openly with uh, with our listeners. That's a lot to go through and to experience. So tell me more about like, what was the tipping point? Like what did, made you decide to shift or to look at yourself through a different lens? And to and my transformation? Yeah, in your health, right? Or like even like you, what you were talking about is that you like the self-love, you thought that you uh, deserved if others treated you poorly. Like there's a lot of mind shifts that needed to happen. Honestly, the way my mind started shifting is that I hit rock bottom. And unfortunately, it was negativity that finally ignited that fire for me to change. A number of things happened like on one after the other. So I, I came back home in the end of 2015. I lived in Orlando before that. And I went to Full Sail University to become an audio engineer. And I got my BS in recording arts. It was my lifelong dream before getting into fitness to be in the music entertainment industry. And then I also interned for WWE NXT for 18 months as a submixer. So I did audio work with them and I graduated at the top of my class. My plan was to come back home, get a job with the union and settle in. And I did just that. I graduated November 2015. In a week, I got a job with the IATSE local in San Francisco with the um, International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees. And my first gig was with the Metallica pre-Silver World concert at the AT&T Park. And it was really good pay. And they really took care of their people. And then in March 2016, I was invited to submix for WrestleMania 32 in Dallas. And I really underestimated that event. I didn't realize how huge it was. During my internship, someone would set up the boards for me. And if problems happened while I was mixing, he would fix it for me. So I would just come into mix, load out after the show was done, and then I would leave. And what happened at the pre-shows at WrestleMania is some of those things happened and I didn't know what to do. And because I didn't know what to do, it threw me off. I didn't perform well. I did really bad. And I was devastated and crushed. Like you would never, you would think that I've never done a show before. And because of that, I told myself that my audio career was over. So when I came back home, I quit the union. Also, another thing, moving back home, it was a huge change for me. I was gone for 15 years. I decided to come back to take care of my mom. So I sold my home and almost everything I owned. Um, we shared a room which was supposed to be temporary. And I ruined that plan when I quit the union. So we ended up staying at my aunt's place. And so I go from having my own place to sharing a bed with my mom. And then after that, I left the military uh, five years shy of retirement. I was in the National Guard. I went from active duty to the National Guard, I but I was so miserable, unhappy. My heart just wasn't in it anymore. And my entire time in the military, I was a medic and I was very hands-on. I loved patient care. But as you go up in rank, you know, you deal with more paperwork and leadership duties. So when my contract was up, I just decided to get out. At the same time, I was going through therapy and I was going through a hard process of my therapy, going through relationship problems, and I was still struggling with my weight on top of all of that. 
Um, I was at one of my biggest. I was 163. And we've met in person. You know, I'm five feet. I'm short. I was diagnosed with high cholesterol and prediabetes and had really bad body image issues. On top of that, you know, still having that mindset that I had developed, my mindset was telling me that all this stuff that was happening, that it was proof that I wasn't good enough. So my mind was like, hey, Joanne, you're not good enough. You're a failure and you don't deserve to be here. So from WrestleMania, my living situation, therapy, bad relationships, uh, my weight and my mindset, I felt so defeated at the time. And I felt like I threw away the life that I had built while I was gone. And I know that the choices I made were for good reasons, like coming home and leaving the military. But it is how I felt because I allowed my mind to plant those bad seeds and I ate it up. But it did ignite that fire for me to lose weight. So I put all my energy into losing weight. In August 2016, I hired a registered dietitian and I started my journey. And he started off with me and he was there throughout. And I lost 50 pounds in a year. Not only did I become physically fit, but I also became aware of how negative I had lived throughout my life. What I took most from my transformation, it was the mental and emotional strength that I gained because in the beginning, I thought that losing weight alone was going to fix me internally. And that's why I went towards fitness. But it was more than that. Like It was the gateway to help me start building a stronger and healthier mindset. And it started to, it gave me the confidence to start peeling the layers away to heal. And now like my mission is to help people the way fitness helped me. Wow. <laughs> What a fantastic story. Uh, you just kind of summarized it all in, in just a few minutes, but I can imagine the journey must have been long and cumbersome, but then you, you came out victorious uh, on the other side. So I guess I, I want to peel this a little bit more. So yeah. you were going through so many struggles, right? You were saying, so you quit your audio career, moved back home, left the military, going through a lot of problems, plus health issues on top of that. So do you remember what was kind of that day or that evening when you said to yourself, okay, like I got to change this or like what really triggered that? Was it like the, the mountain of issues that started arising and then at some point you just felt enough is enough or... Yeah. So it was that. Um, what really kicked it off was um, before I started, I had a friend. She was a physique competitor and she mentioned the dietitian that I hired because she was working with him. I pushed it off, but I went to a birthday party. It was my nephew's birthday party. And I thought like to me, you know, the outfit that I wore, I like felt really good in it. I finally fit in it. And when I saw the actual picture and like I really finally took a look at myself seeing how big I was. And it wasn't even that, like, I just saw in my eyes how sad I was. Mm. And that ignited it for me. So I called, his name was Alex, Alex Conception. I called him, hired him, and we started my journey. Wow. I'm glad that you took on the chance for yourself, right? Sometimes it is when you get to those dark places, when you realized it, you don't want to tolerate it anymore. But I imagine, right, even though you had the help of a registered dietitian, it was probably quite, there were probably quite a lot of changes that you needed to implement. Like what, what made you to follow through and stick it out? It was the desire that I had to change. And I started to see the results pretty fast because honestly, I was still working out. I just changed my nutrition. And once I changed my nutrition, I started seeing the results and it was like addictive. I lost five pounds, 10 pounds, another pound. Mm -hmm. And I just kept going and going. And then next thing you know, a year later, I lost 50 pounds. That's wonderful. So what did you learn about yourself throughout this process? I've learned that you can achieve anything that you want. 
I've learned that it's all started with my self-image of how I viewed myself. And because of how I viewed myself, those were the actions that I was taking as far as like how I was beating myself up, the way I was talking to myself. You know, I had um, self-destructive behaviors and I didn't know that at the time because I did good. Like when I left to the Air Force, you know, I built a career. I went to college. I finished school, uh, built a better life. And I thought those things were going to fix me. So I just couldn't understand what was going on. You know, everything is good. Why do I feel still sad? Why am I still depressed? Why do I still hate myself? And during this process and going through, you know, doing the self-development work, I really learned that it was my self-image, which of course starts from your environment, the beliefs and values that are instilled in you, the things that you experience. And in learning that, I started to change that. And I did it with help. I didn't do it alone. Having coaches, Tim Grover, you know, that's where we met, being part of the Down and Dirty group, being around great positive people who are on the same journey, all of that together, having the support really, really helped. And that's what I learned about myself. That's wonderful. You brought up an important topic of a self-image. So how did your self-image change as you kind of went through this transformation? My self-image, uh, it changed as far as like accepting who I am. Because as I mentioned, I hated who I was. And because I wanted to be desperately liked before, I didn't have an identity. I molded to other people. So I created my identity based on what I thought or who I thought they wanted me to be. So in seeing that, it helped me start accepting who I am. I started realizing the things that I liked and loving myself, every fiber piece of me, because I clear, like really did not like who I was. Thank you. That's super important that you're, that you're sharing that. So how did you start loving yourself more? What were some of the actions that you started taking? Uh, some of the actions is, do you remember the assignment that we had where we had to look in the mirror? Mm -hmm. That started it for me, looking in the mirror, looking myself in the eyes, digging deep, digging to the root of the problem, and then letting myself know that it's okay. I, I started loving myself because I started forgiving myself. I forgave myself for all the things that I did. And, you know, at the time, that's what I knew, the things that I did that I felt guilty or shameful for. It's what I knew. And because of those experiences, um, I grew from it and it developed from there. And then it trickled. You know, it was like a domino effect. I started to realize the things that I accomplish in life, how I stick it out. And I make sure that I get it done. Like I mentioned, the big part is just finally accepting who I was and being happy with myself. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. I think that the key sentence that you mentioned was, I started loving myself because I started forgiving myself. Yes. This is huge. Without forgiveness, you cannot kind of move forward. I think at least this is true in my own experience, where also I went through a lot of different ups and downs with weight and depression and different things. And I was always beating myself up that uh, like I should have known better, that I shouldn't have done that and that. And I was so much swimming in shame and guilt that I couldn't move past that. So the forgiveness, I'm, I'm so glad that you're mentioning that because that is, is so critical and yet it can be so hard to even start there. But that's where it all begins. Yeah, it is. And once you finally forgive, you let go of the resentment, any anger that you have, you know, for even for the person who hurt you, of course, including yourself, it's a release. It's freedom. You gain that control back. 
Absolutely, you do, 100%. So then was it your own transformation that inspired you to start your own fitness business or what was that? It was my own transformation and it was because of the mental and emotional strength that I had gained from the transformation. That's what drove me to choose the fitness industry because I, I, my goal is to help people the way fitness helped me in, in as much as I can in any way I can. That's fantastic. I'm so glad to hear that. And, and fitness is a big part of my life too. And yeah, when we keep ourselves strong, our bodies, our minds strong, we can really be our own superheroes, right? When we feed ourselves really what makes us strong. So yeah. So let me pivot now a little bit because um, uh -huh. I also know that you have embarked on a journey of a professional boxing and mixed martial arts. So tell me more about that. So I started boxing 16 years ago and it was honestly, the inspiration wasn't, it was for an outlet. Like I was so angry. I needed to find something to release it. And at the time I was in the air force. Um, so I couldn't do heavy drugs. And that was my alternative to being able to release that. And my first coach, coach Ray, at the time he was about 70 years old and he started to instill like positive affirmations into me. He would sit there my entire sessions and my sessions ran long because it was free for women to box there. So I would stay there for hours, but he would sit there the entire time and tell me that I'm a champion. I'm great. I can do anything in life and to make sure I write a book before I die. And because of his teaching methods, I saw the mental part of the sport and I just, I fell in love with it. I did try other art forms, but I always brought myself back to boxing. And I still continue to box today. And as I become a better fighter, I'm still learning more about myself. And right now, my current coach, Coach Becky, she has the same training methods. And it's great. Like We've done such deep work together. And it ha not only has it helped me with my personal life, but also I've become a better fighter. And so I'm grateful for the sport. This sport has helped with my healing process. And those skills that I've learned, I've taken them into other aspects of my life. I will not stop boxing. That's amazing. So what have you learned from boxing that you, let's say, haven't learned in any other discipline or area in life? Oh, one thing that I really learned in boxing is persistence, no matter how tired you are. Because when you're sparring or when you're in a fight, you get exhausted. You can get exhausted really quick if you're not conditioned. And um, the first thing that goes when you start to gas out is your mental. And you can tank so quick. And it's happened to me. My second fight that happened, I tanked so quick, I blacked out and everything that I did to train just went out the window. So I learned persistence, no matter how tired you are, you still have to do it. You still have to finish it until the bell rings. Great. So if I'm hearing this right, the persistence is also super important for your own health and, and safety, right? Or let's say if you black out, right, that, that means that your body is even bigger danger. Would that be another risk? Yes. What I meant by blackout, not like blackout, like I fell out. Like when you're fighting, the things that you do come from muscle memory. So you're not exactly aware of every move that you make, which is why we practice all the time. We put in our reps, thousands and thousands and thousands of reps, because when you're there, your adrenaline is rushing and you go off muscle memory. And what happened was, is that my muscle memory resorted me back because my mental went out, resorted me back to my old boxing habits that which were bad habits and the girl won because of that. I see. Okay. That's mm -hmm. a good clarification. Thank you. Yeah.
Awesome. Well, so I'm I'm curious. So you're helping uh, many men and women get in shape, uh, lose weight, or gain muscle. Now, uh, well, we're airing this early January, so a lot of people are thinking about their health and wellness goals. They want to get right on track. Probably there's a good amount of people who also maybe stop working out altogether during shutdown. So what would you say to those who really want to get their health to the next level? Uh, definitely, if you're not sure where to start, um, have a coach to guide you. Also, have a plan because the journey is not linear. Things will happen and you will fall off. You will get thrown off and the plan will help you get back on track to keep marking off, you know, your checklist and follow through. If you don't have a plan, that's not going to happen. Also, don't have doubt. Tim Grover says doubt shuts the brain down. Don't have doubt that you can't do it. Know that you can do it because if you don't, if you have the doubt, you're not going to have the belief. You don't have the belief. You're not going to accomplish those goals. Do things, have tasks that will help you knock out the daily tasks that you need to do. So for instance, I get it a lot about meal prepping. You know, people don't have time and I understand people are busy, you know, sets a set day and time. So for instance, for me, mine is Mondays and Thursdays. I'll meal prep those days, certain amount of hours and I'll meal prep. Sometimes I'll meal prep Sunday and do it for the whole week, you know, and if you don't have time, get a meal prep service company, you know, and they have a lot of those nowadays, uh, see which one fits for you. Um, and do that. Also, with fitness, we have to change our mindset and making it a priority, like a doctor's appointment. You know, if you have a doctor's appointment, you're going to rearrange your schedule around that doctor's appointment. You got to do the same with fitness. I've never met someone who leaves their workout still feeling bad. Like they feel good, <laughs> right? They're like, oh man, I'm so happy I came. I didn't want to come. I was just going to go home. You know, they always feel good. So even that with that, remember that feeling when you don't feel like going, remember that feeling of how you're going to feel after your workout. The hard part is just getting there. But once you get into it, you're so happy that you went. Absolutely. What would you advise to those uh, who want to work out, right? But right now, let's say don't have access to the gym or what do, what do you say is now kind of the best way to work out and, and stay in shape? People who don't have access to the gym, there's a lot of things you can do. You know, you can do body weight workouts. We do have the videos from YouTube. Find a trusted source, a trusted source of who you trust as far as a coach and get their videos and work out. Um, equipment, are it is scarce at the moment, but I found that resistance bands, they're pretty easy to get with the mini bands with the handles and the ankle straps. And that actually is good enough for getting an entire workout. Okay, that's great. I guess the... A point I'm trying to make with that is that while gyms may be closed and they may be closed for a long time, right, there are things that you can do, right? So it's a lot about the mindset that you employ with um, working out or generally like health and wellness. Like, what do you say is the right mindset people should have now during shutdown to take care of their health and wellness? Okay. So um, mindset that they, they need to have is, um, as I mentioned, is to, is to have that plan for them to meet their goals. If it's hard for you to motivate yourself by yourself, get a workout partner, have someone that will motivate you, someone that you could talk to. A lot of other things that you can do is um, we are getting fatigued. This pandemic, it's going on a lot longer than usual. Writing in a journal, waking up first thing in the morning, writing in a journal, writing out your gratitude, that will immediately change your mood. It'll change your mood. It will start your day off right. 
And that way you can go about your day and knock out your tasks. You know, going to bed, even journaling again. Um, this is actually something that I do. It helps me as well. I wake up first thing in the morning. I journal. I write my gratitude. Um, I say my positive affirmations and I say that throughout the day. And that actually has helped a lot. Um, it's also have helped in a few of my clients that I'm working with who's having a struggle with the pandemic, especially those who are just working from home. Absolutely. I'm one of them. <laughs> I've been working from home since March and I feel actually very blessed to have a good setup and, you know, you know, I think we're doing pretty, pretty well, but it does get to you at times, right? So I think it's so important to surround yourself with the right people, continue in your routines, yeah. especially on the days when you don't feel like it and do it anyway. I guess that would be my question to you. Like, what would you advise to those who, let's say, hear that voice in their head saying, well, I just don't feel like it, I'm a little tired, or how do you personally address that? I tell myself differently. I tell myself, self, no, you have to do it, get up and get it done because you will feel good. I think about how it feels once you get it done. And it sounds easier than done, but it is hard. It is hard. But thinking about how you feel after getting that task done, that's what makes the difference. Because, you know, when you don't do it, that's how it starts bringing you down. You spiral even more because you don't get it done and you start telling yourself that, you know, you're not good enough. I'm going to put it off. You start getting stressed. It's a spiral, downward spiral. So thinking of the way that you'd feel getting it done, that is actually, that is a big help. Great. Thank you. That's really good to remind ourselves, uh, like the lion, get up and just get it done. You know, there's no other way around it. You know, There isn't. Yeah. And that comes with discipline, right? Having discipline, you do it whether you want to do it or not. Totally. So here's a question for you. Um, yeah. What would you like our listeners to know that you haven't shared yet, but it's important to share? One of the things that I'd like them to know, and I did briefly mention this earlier, was that it all starts with your self-image, the mind-body connection. It sets the boundaries of what you accomplish in life, and it affects everything that you do. The mind and body are connected. There's no separating that. So whatever it is in your mind, it will be shown through your actions. And a lot of people aren't aware of their self-image. You have your negative self-image, you'll have negative results. Like for instance, my mind was feeding me those bad seeds, so I quit my audio career, which I, I know later on it, it was something that was for the good. I used to lash out on people. I had anger problems because of what I would tell myself. You know, and then having a positive self-image, you get positive results. I removed doubt and I got a place for my mom and I. You know, we stayed at my mom's for five years and we just moved out and got our own place. We just moved out this past November. We've only been here a month and a half. Now I have a business that I can help people and help them through fitness, what I love to do. And we have two images. We have our external and our internal image. Our external image is what we see in the mirror, is what we show people, the hard exterior. Um, we have our internal image, which is how you really feel about yourself. And your internal image is what the world really sees. No matter how much you want to front or fake it, that is what they see. In a book that I'm reading right now, it's called Thinking Into Results by Bob Proctor and Sandra Gallagher. Sandra says that the results that you're achieving are a direct reflection of the image of yourself you're holding. Improve the image and the improvement will automatically be reflected in your results. So if you don't like your results, you're getting change your self-image and you only have the ability to do that. And it is one of the hardest things to face because it comes from with being vulnerable. But keep in mind that the price 
it's small compared to the return you'll get in facing that. Wow. This is so huge. I'm so glad you dove into this topic. I like the direct correlation between self-image and results. Yes. I don't think I even put it in this equation like that before, but I do believe it's true because if you're constantly mm-hmm. putting yourself down, then you're not going to achieve the great results you could if you only believe that you know, you're able to do more or to contribute more to the world. So that is fantastic. Yeah, definitely. It makes the world of a difference. It does. How can people go about changing their image? First, facing what it is, that it is that you don't like or you dislike about yourself. Facing those negative feelings, forgiving. You have to get to the root of the problem. For me, mine was abandonment. I felt abandoned. And because I felt abandoned, that's why I went off to find love and attention somewhere else. And I ran into the wrong crowd. And even with the wrong crowd, I didn't want to feel abandoned. I wanted to feel belong so bad that I just, you know, I stuck around and I let them treat me any way they wanted to. So what is the root of the problem of why you have the self image that you have? And go from there. You don't have to do it alone. Have some coaches get around the right people or the right group that will support you and help you. Again, I didn't do this by myself. It was the help of everyone from our down and dirty group for another group called Thinking Into Results, the people around me that I surround myself with now. So true. This is so deep and and so many people can benefit from this. I'm really happy that you're here on the podcast today. Now, I do have a few more final questions I want to ask of you. So number one, uh, what does being a warrior mean to you? Being a warrior means to have heart. Don't quit even when the odds are hopeless and you know they're against you, which leads to being resilient withstanding and recovering quickly from like situations, difficult situations. A warrior is authentic and true to themselves and they're always evolving. One of the people that inspires me the most is um, Nipsey Hussle. And I've seen him in one of his interviews, he says this quote, and the quote is, would you rather be at peace with the world and at war with yourself or at peace with yourself and at war with the world? So with that quote, a warrior is also at peace with themselves. I love that. That is such a fantastic definition of a warrior. And also, like, what's that to me? Like, always evolving, right? Yes. We improve, too. It doesn't matter. Like, if you're a warrior, it doesn't mean that you have everything figured out and you have reached a pedestal of, you know, being great. No, you still have your mistakes, but you keep marching and you keep improving. And it's a battle every day, but you're growing. The motto, or if I was to add my part to that, is that you continuously keep growing and pushing through discomfort, challenges, struggles, and you pick yourself up and you continue to fight. Yes, definitely. It's a lifelong process. Yes. And Joanne, do you have any uh, final thoughts you'd like to share with the audience? Yes. Use fitness as a tool. Use it to build the skills that you need in life. It doesn't only just help with your physical appearance because the skills that you learn in fitness can be taken into other aspects of your life, whether you want to lose weight or build muscle Whatever your goals are, that is the subproduct of your fitness journey. You know, the discipline, the grit, persistence, the consistency, the uh, trial and error. People think that these are skills that you're born with, that you either have it or you don't. And that is not true. These are skills that can be developed. You know, like, for instance, with Coach Ray, when I first started boxing, um, I did not touch a bag for like three to four months. He made me stand in front of the mirror and throw the same punch like every day. 
And it used to drive me crazy. And until I was ready to hit the bag, this is what I did before he said I can move on to the next level. And that taught me grit. That taught me that every day you have to do the monotonous work to master a skill. And it also helped like with my with discipline, you know, needing to do it, even if you didn't want to do it. Because I was so angry. I came there to pound on bags and, and wanting to fight. I didn't expect that, but I did stick with it. And I'm happy I did. That's such a great parallel. Absolutely. Yes, there's so much we can learn from sports and apply it in so many different disciplines in life. Mm -hmm. Thank you for doing that. And all of you listening, yes, go out there, pick out your workout app, which is Go Running and get the workout in. You'll see what happens when you uh, dedicate some time to it. Well, Joanne, it was such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. I'm so glad you um, came and spoke to us. Where can people find you if they want to get in touch? Sure. They can find me on Facebook and Instagram and it's infallible fit. I N F A L I B L E F I T or my website, www.infallibilefit.com. Fantastic. John, thank you so much for your time. Your learnings about self image and learning to love yourself, how fitness changed your life. What an inspiring story to start a new year with. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. And if this resonated with you, please go ahead and share it with a friend who needs to hear it. Have a great day. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you for spending some time with me. And most of all, for investing time in yourself. If you found value in this podcast, Share it with your friends and family and give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to our episodes. This will greatly help us spread the word and help others find it more easily. If you want to know more about what I'm up to, you can find me on Instagram at Denny Timras. Shoot me a note and let me know what you thought of today's conversation. I always welcome any feedback or questions. Remember, now that you're here, you're part of a tribe. In this tribe, we care for each other. We lift each other up as well as share the raw, honest, unpolished truth that we often need to hear. So before you go, think about the next best action you can take to get you on your path to success. Don't wait for tomorrow. Make a commitment and do it now. Thank you again for listening. We'll be back next week. Until then, have a great day.